Bruce Newberry. The food dude. I am dining out. You're dining out with Bruce Newberry. You're a food dude. I'm very happy to be here dining out with Bruce Newberry here in Rhode Island. That should be your name, the food dude. Hello again. Welcome back to the Tastiest Talk Show on the radio. I may be here in Rhode Island, but my heart is in Vermont. Believe me. Especially gazing upon this fair food assortment. No fair is right. Dang, that looks good. At the Wayberry Inn, I'm looking at a beautifully grilled brat smothered with onions and yellow pepper and an orange pepper in a beautiful bakery roll that has also got some grill marks on it. Beautiful. Some poutine right beside. And to the other side... I'm looking at some fine-looking nachos, diced tomatoes, cilantro, onion. Yeah. And then, now, Chef Adam was a, a little bit immodest, or a little bit too modest, I guess, in saying, oh, these these uh, fried dough sticks are small. They're just small. Three to a portion. They're tiny. Are you kidding me? These things are like crawlers. You know what a crawler is. Whew. Oh, man. So the fair food continues right into the weekend. Outside, takeout, 5 to 7.30 dinner, inside. But stick to the deck and the patio. They're in beautiful East Middlebury, just below the Gap. Bread loaf, Musalamu. <laughs> I'll be with you soon. Uh, we're here in the Dave's Marketplace Broadcast Bistro. Nevertheless, we're going to be all over this hour because it is not only the end of Middlebury Fair Food Week, it is also wrapping up Vermont Open Farm Week. And this is really something that if you have not done, squeeze some time out the rest of this weekend and take advantage. And uh, I've got somebody that has his pitchfork right on the pulse of whatever is going on throughout the farms in this beautiful, lush, green state where the bounty is rolling in from Vermont farm to plate. Here's our friend Shane Rogers. Shane, how are you? I am doing well. Thanks for having us on, Bruce. Well, it's a great, great pleasure to have you on again. And we're so excited about Open Farm Week. It has been a great week. It's going to wrap up this weekend. And uh, boy, what a great time. Yeah, it's uh, really exciting. We're in the sixth year for Vermont Open Farm Week and definitely took on a little bit of a different face with the pandemic still raging, but there were still a lot of great events that started on August 10th and are continuing on through, through Sunday. And we're just really excited to be able to get folks out to the farm or to experience the farm virtually as well. All the farms are really uh, stepping up to follow those latest protocols to keep people safe and making access to the places that are growing all the great, you know, rooted in Vermont food and yes, that we all love um, available for people to kind of get an inside look at. 
Well, that's always been so, so appealing, and Open Farm Week has really just shown that. And in this summer like no other, I mean, we're trying to find a good way to just experience what we have in any way we can. So, yeah, we've got these new guidelines and all that, but you know what we can still do? We can still go on a picnic. And yeah. outside is better. So what better place to go on a picnic than at some of, than at some of these farms? Yeah, that is very true. The farms are uniquely set up for some some good socially distant fun. And I mean, we have about 18 farms that are participating this year with over 27 events that have been happening throughout the week. Wow. And they really range, the farms range from veggie farms to beef and fruit, um, wool farms, and really anything and everything in between. So folks who are looking for a fun thing to do this weekend, um, you know, it's pretty easy as going to diginvt.com and trying to find an event that's happening near you. Yeah, and it, there are plenty of things happening near you. We were talking about a beef event that was happening at Highland a little bit earlier, and uh, what? Uh, let's let's eat first. Let's find some place where somebody's uh, going to serve us something that we can buy that will go well with what's in our picnic cooler. Yeah, the uh, one of the events that jumps to my mind is that uh, Grandview Farm in Washington, Vermont. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are doing a wood fire pizza night um, that involves also sitting out on the farm and kind of being able to take it in while enjoying some delicious pizza. And I know a lot of the other farms around the ones that are especially doing tours um, have incorporated some type of tasting of the products. Uh, The farm at VYCC in Richmond did a whole farm tour this week where it ended with participants helping to pack some of their healthcare CSAs and they got to taste some of the veggies that were grown. And the, the um, event that you mentioned about the Highland beef, that's Greenfield Highland beef in Plainfield. Yes. And they're doing a picnic where you also get the pleasure of being able to pet some of their Highland beef cattle. Yeah. Which, um, if folks aren't familiar, they're the really shaggy ones with the big, with the big horn. So they're always a, a trip to be around. Right. You can even comb the little ones. Yes, yes. <laughs> Nothing better for a wonderful weekend than being able to comb a little calf and uh, really get to know uh, some of the the farms and the products that are being produced on that land. Definitely. And I mean, this is it. Here we are, the middle of August. I mean, the bounty is rolling in. And so it is just the best of everything. And you can't miss anywhere that you'd go. What did you say? There are 20 some odd places that you can go to? Yeah. So this whole week has had 27 events happening. And they range from those farm tours. Um, I mean, and those are happening all throughout the state at Cloverworks Farm in Irisburg to Miniature Farm in Milton to even a maple tour uh, for the summer at Green Sugar House in Pulteney. Oh, wow. And uh, for folks who maybe aren't feeling very comfortable necessarily going out into a public space, there's lots of virtual things happening as well. So Last Resort Farm in Moncton has been doing this virtual garlic braiding demonstration, and it is a fascinating demo to be able to tune into, and you get to produce some really beautiful garlic braids that 
you can then, of course, eat <laughs> when the time comes. <laughs> can, um, you, can you smell the garlic through the virtual uh, tour? I think it's recommended that you uh, get some of your own garlic and you cut that up um, to be able to get that aroma and to be able to have that hands-on experience. I think too. that's what you need just to uh, work all the senses, as many of them as you can. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> talking with Shane Rogers from <laughs> rooted in Vermont. And we're talking about open farm week, which wraps up this weekend. So if you've heard about it and maybe you haven't had a chance to take advantage and go on out, I mean, it is a beautiful weekend. So why not head out and just experience some of the best that Vermont has. And Hey, this is the Vermont summer. This is the staycation summer. So why don't you experience what uh, all those people that don't have those green license plates have experienced all of these years, right? Absolutely. I think one of the best parts that we have seen come out of this pandemic is just how much our farms have really stepped up to feed their communities. And this is a great way to engage with those people who are working tirelessly to make sure that food is being produced and getting on the table of Vermonters and the rest of the region too. So highly recommend checking it out because I tell you there is nothing more um, fun and intimate than really getting to know where your food is coming. It just makes those meals so much special, more special as you pick them up from the farm stands or your CSAs or even in the grocery store. Yes. And you make a great point. It's a chance for you to get a relationship going with a farmer, with a grower. And at all of these places, you'd be able to buy something, right? I mean, they'll at the very, very least, most of them will have a farm stand and they'll be selling some specialty that uh, came right from their farm, right? Definitely. And it's highly encouraged that you do bring um, some money if you have it or if it's available, because like you said, walking away with some fresh veggies or some grass-fed beef or really anything for dinner is just going to make that experience that much more special. That's it. And you'll want to go back and, hey, think about a CSA. I mean, think about taking a part in one for next year or whenever one becomes available. And that's a, a great thing you can do to make sure that things keep growing year after year and that these folks have a chance to keep making their living. And and you're going to eat, you know, like the old sign used to say, eat here or we both starve, right? <laughs> you <laughs> you help the uh, you help that farmer grow and you're going to get a little something for yourself in sharing in that. So, you know, the, it, it's something that will grow more than just fresh fruits and veggies and maple and, and beef and all the rest. It'll grow some thoughts and some ideas too. Absolutely. And I will tell you, there is nothing more delicious than a freshly picked veggie from the field in the middle of August. Yes. Uh, the, the taste is just out of this world. Yes, you are so right, Shane Rogers, and uh, boy, what a great job you have. You get to work with all these farmers all over our great state. So uh, if someone would like to just get out and plan a quick last-minute deal to take advantage of the last couple of days of Open Farm Week, what's a good place to start? You want to start at diginvt.com, and that website is going to take you to a list of all the events that are taking place this weekend um, and also the past events that happened. So you can tune into some of them virtually, which will um, just give you even more of a chance to explore what was taking place this past week through uh, Vermont Open Farm Week. So that's diginvt.com, and that's going to be your hub for anything and everything that you need to know. 
Excellent. And uh, hey, it doesn't end with Open Farm Week. I mean, keep in touch with these farmers and growers because we're coming into the fall and, you know, these are folks that you'll want to stay in touch with. Shane Rogers, keep up the good work there at Rooted in Vermont. We are always glad to talk to you and we'll check in with you again in a few weeks as we get closer to fall. Thank you so much, Bruce. It was a pleasure talking with you, too. And I am um, looking forward for people to experience some of the great Vermont farms. Bruce Newberry. The food dude. Well, we've got a sizzling grill here, and yours will be sizzling before long at your broadcast bistro. And I hope that somewhere in that cookout this weekend you're going to include some gas bars because nothing says good times like gas bars, linguisa and chorizo sizzling hot on your grill. It's summertime because the gas bar family knows how to make these amazing sausages seasoned just right, made with lean cuts of quality meats. Has been since 1923 in southern New England. So simple, just slice gas bars, linguisa or chorizo in half lengthwise. Get them going on a good hot grill. Serve on a great roll. There's Gaspar's Linguisa. It's hearty. Gaspar's Chorizo. It's hot. Linguisa dog, Chorizo dogs, Andouille sausage, turkey linguisa, kielbasa. Build a whole cookout around Gaspar's. And so many families do and don't even think of having a clam bake or clam boil without Gaspar's. The Portuguese sausage that the whole world can enjoy. So one of the great food events and wine events of the year and one of the great events of the year, one of the great Newport events of the year in Newport, Rhode Island, is the Newport Mansion's Wine and Food Festival. Now you hear festival, you hear gathering or you read gathering into that and we know what's going on, pandemic, corona, corona, and so we understand that things have changed. Well... Although things have changed, the festival is going on. This is great news. How did they figure out a way to do it? Are they going to sneak everybody in? No. Is it going to be virtual? No, it's going to be live. And uh, this is just a tremendous achievement on the part of the Newport Mansions. And here to talk about it, the director of wine for the Newport Mansions Wine and Food Festival, Matthew McCartney, whose name I know you'll recognize. Oh, not just because of that, but he is a great chef and a great wine expert. He is a Masters of Wine candidate as we speak. And, of course, the proprietor for many years of the great Jamestown Fish. We broadcast from Jamestown Fish a year ago, something like that. And uh, it was just uh, a wonderful time great restaurant. We had some terrific seafood. We spent a lot of time talking about rosé, as I recall, on that broadcast. And maybe we'll find that broadcast in the archive somewhere. Anyway, Matthew McCartney joined us on the Newport Mansions podcast just this past week. And the other voice that you may hear occasionally, the executive director of the Preservation Society of Newport County, Trudy Cox. Matthew, when we were um, thinking about bringing you on board to help us. We talked to a lot of people and everybody says that you know more about wine than even Bruce Newberry. Yikes. <laughs> um, we thought about throwing in the towel and then we decided we were going to try to make things happen, but well within the requirements that are needed to make sure that people are healthy, to do this in a respectful way, to not put people at risk, but to um, 
keep the brand of the Wine and Food Festival high and give people a chance to have a little bit of fun in small groups. So Matthew, why don't you tell us a little bit about the planning that we're doing? You and Mary have come up with some phenomenal seminars and uh, I think it's worth talking about some of them. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, it is, uh, it is very, very different from what I've experienced in the past and we've all experienced. So uh, I think we all did a good job in, in pivoting and making it something special. Uh, with a little bit of fun involved in a controlled uh, in a controlled way. I mean, I so I'm you know I, I moved here in 2011 to open fish, and uh, I always wanted to be you know a part of the event when we uh, when we first started, and then over the years I was able to uh, be involved. You know, from having a booth to presenting a dish at Rosecliff, doing cooking demonstrations. Last year, actually moderating moderating wine tasting. So I'm really thrilled to have gotten the call from you guys to. Uh, to be on the other side of something, you know, such an exciting Newport centric event, you know. Um, so we've, uh, we had, we have amazing things lined up in terms of dinners that are, you know, ancillary to the seminars. And obviously with no uh, grand tasting this year, it puts extra uh, emphasis on these seminars that were in the past always um, sort of the ancillary events. So I think that's going to be very different. And as we see from some of our ticket sales, we're, it's pretty good. And, and I think people are really uh, excited to, to have some fun in September uh, as long as everything goes well. That's terrific that the ticket sales have, have responded. That is wonderful to hear. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I'll, uh, I mean, we have the vintner dinner, the brunch are all sold out, the bourbon tasting, the super Tuscan tasting. Uh, so that, that is, I think, that was an eye-opening for all of us, you know. That's great. So let, let's uh, give give an example of a, a seminar that you think people might be interested in. Yeah, I mean something uh, something that pops out to me it would be obviously the uh, the Cato Bosco Santa Margarita um, uh, uh, seminars that it's going to be Santa Margarita with uh, Vittorio Marzotto is going to be up here to tell his family story. Uh, that's doing well and also getting close to sold out. Cato Bosco and Calvisius Caviar are doing a fantastic seminar and a dinner. Um, that's also getting close to sold out. And then some of the, some of the, those are sort of the obvious ones, but something a little bit that flies under the radar, maybe uh, the Ria Spicious tasting, which is going to be focusing on six or seven different wines from the region of Spain, yes. which is similar to our region, you know, uh, you know, seaside shellfish cuisine, and we're going to walk you through seven different wines, all white, uh, of di various styles, led by uh, Master Sommelier Michael Marr from Boston, who's coming down for that. So that's going to be, I think that's going to be really, really stunning. So great. There's so much expertise right in our region that we can yes. access. So uh, what what might have been a what might have been a stumbling block, a speed bump, travel so restricted and so forth. We've got that knocked because we've got so many people with so much knowledge within a short drive. Yeah, that's been, if I will handle that question, I mean, that's been interesting because, you know, we have sponsors that, that want to be on board, but the companies are not allowed to send people uh, up to see us and speak in that. So that's been tricky. So I think we, uh, we did a good job in keeping them calm and keeping them confident that we're going to where need be we can represent their brands and you know and that also will fall on myself 
uh, Alyssa Wabronic, uh, Rodolfo Nerotti that are that are in the area to uh, to lead some of these seminars or at least lend a helping hand. But where it's possible, you know, where there are folks from some of these companies uh, in Boston, New York area, that are able to uh, get up to be with us. So it's a very different year. So Matthew, explain exactly what does a seminar look and feel like? Where will it be held? Right. Um, how long does it last? What's the typical price? Right. Uh, seminars this year, everything with, uh, in the past, everything's been spread out among the, the various amazing mansions, but this year to keep it, keep it tight and under control, everything's going to be happening at Rosecliff on the beautiful terrace. Some things might be inside a little bit, but uh, basically on the beautiful terrace overlooking the Atlantic, uh, it's going to be 50 people maximum. Everything's going to be socially distant. Um, and, you know, we're, they'll range from about $55, $65 per. Um, they'll, they'll, most of them will have a little, uh, a little tasting food pairing along with them. Uh, I would say between four and seven wines mm -hmm. per seminar. Um, they will be about an hour with the exception of, uh, the Cato Bosco caviar one, which is going to take a little bit more time to explain. So that one has, is an hour and a half, but basically there's a lot, and there will also be time in between each one about an hour just to reset. So it's a, it's a nice day that someone can spend the whole day seeing, you know, uh, visiting three or four, maybe, uh, seminars each day with dinners then in the evening. Uh, to go along with some of these sponsorships and some of the local restaurants. Very, very nice. And I have to say, maybe this is my crusade here all of a sudden, to kind of fly in the face of the conventional wisdom who keep insisting that it's all over for the restaurant business. It's not. When this is all over, and it will be all over someday, Restaurant Row will still be standing. It will because it must, because we will demand nothing less. This is our food supply. We will not let these restaurants go out of business. So if there are some who, who are, well, having difficulties, quite frankly, the difficulties may not be entirely laid to the feet of the pandemic. Some statistics are very, very interesting. Open Table has been tracking restaurants, specific restaurants who have reopened now, some parts of the country, they just never reopened, or they reopened to a shadow of their former selves, places like New York City. So they have just not come back, and that is a different matter. But places like Vermont, places like Rhode Island, Connecticut, Massachusetts, places that have reopened the restaurants to whatever degree and percentage that they have been allowed to open, 50%, 60%, outside, inside, takeout, booze to go, what have you. Open Table has statistics that show that a significant percentage of those restaurants have returned to pre-March business levels. And guess what? The pre-March business levels weren't that great. This is the other side of this. There was actually as much as a 15% decline in restaurant business in places like Providence, Rhode Island in February. Now, that was really before the COVID took hold. Yeah, there was talk about it. I mean, we were all kind of joking about it and so forth. And we had no idea that this was going to happen. It really didn't hit the fan until mid-March. But the business has already started to go downhill in February. 
In the Dave's Marketplace Broadcast Bistro, you're dining out with Bruce Newberry. Well, this is a special weekend for our friends and partners at Dave's Fresh Marketplace because yesterday, Friday, Dave's 10th market opened where it all started on West Shore Road in Warwick, where Benny's used to be, but more important, where Dave's used to be. Back in 1969, Dave Cesario built a 24 by 24 foot garage from which to vend his produce under the name Dave's Fruitland. By the end of the 70s, he built a grocery store on the other side of West Shore Road, which became Dave's. The store was known internally as Little Dave's because of its diminutive square footage compared to other stores in the chain. And across West Shore Road at 2574, a new 27,000 square foot store had taken its place. So, as Sue Budlong of Dave's told the Providence Journal, in 50 years, we've had four moves all in the same corner. The corner is called Wild's Corner, where West Shore Road, Sandy Lane, and Strawberry Field Road meet. Here's how it sounded when the ribbon was cut Friday morning outside the new Dave's Wild's Corner store. It's good. Now, there are tributes and salutes to the neighborhood and even to Little Dave's. The aisles are short, and that's on purpose, to replicate the ease of navigating that shoppers loved in the smaller store. That also allows for spacious, airy spaces at the front and back of the store, so important in these days where fresh air is... uh, a great weapon in battling COVID. The interior, as do all the Dave's Marketplace locations, reflects the area's culture and history. There's the Oakland Beach Fresh Seafood Market, the Rocky Point Deli, the Little Roadie Produce Section, and then there's Dave's Fresh Kitchen, Roadie Fresh Dairy, and Dave's famous Brick Oven Pizza. It also means a lot to the community. As Sue Budlong said, opening this store has added an additional 75 jobs in the area, And by the way, Dave's is hiring at all of its other locations. Not only that, but developer of the Carpionato Group says that's not the only store you're going to see where Benny's used to be at Wild's Corner in Warwick. There are plans to build other retail stores adjacent to the new Dave's Marketplace. But the more things change, the more they stay the same. Although the new market has replaced Little Dave's in the geographic landscape, it hasn't in the corporate landscape of Dave's Marketplace because the company calls this new store, store number one, just like it's been for 50 years. So as they say in things like shopping flyers, here we grow again, but in this case, it's right where we began. West Shore Road, it's known as Wild's Corner. 2574 West Shore Road, Warwick, Rhode Island, the new home, back where it all started, for Dave's Fresh Marketplace. Congratulations and welcome to the new Wild's Corner, Dave's Marketplace. And as always, we're in the Dave's Marketplace Broadcast Bistro. Bruce Newberry. The food dude.